Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Tracy, can I have some communion spice? Thank you. Hallelujah. If you've got a Bible, you can turn to John chapter 6 real quick. We're going to see the Lord's table if I can get my mask off here. There we go. All right. You have your communion supplies? Hello out there in internet land. Now stand with me. We're going to see the Lord's table. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The first Sunday of the month we receive the Lord's table. We practice an open table at Revival Life Church. You don't have to be a member of Revival Life to be invited to the table of the Lord. This whole book points toward a meal in heaven with Jesus, the marriage supper of the Lamb. On uh, the night he was betrayed, Jesus said, take and receive, this is my body. And uh, that's not the first time he made that allusion in uh, John chapter 6. Jesus said, in verse 35, says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. But I say to you that you have seen me, and yet do not believe. All that my Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will certainly not cast out. He says in verse 33, for the Bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. I am the bread of life. And uh, as, as we receive these elements, both in uh, obedience to Jesus, because he told us to remember him as we receive the Passover meal, he uh, wants us to remember that he is our bread of life. That he, uh, he does bring life down. As we receive from him and... Wow. And so uh, today we say, Lord Jesus, we don't perform a religious ritual today, but you are the bread of life. And we don't just want to think that you're God. We want to live like you're God. We want to receive you in every part of us. Ha. Huh. Ha. Huh. So today. We just recommit ourselves to your flesh and your blood to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be transformed by your nature. Receive the body. In the same way, he took the cup and he said, this is a cup of the new covenant in my blood. He told us as often as we receive it, to receive it in his name. And so Jesus, we do receive of you, wow, of you today. Shakaba. And Father, I pray that uh, as this, as we drink this, this juice in this little cup that doesn't taste very good, um, Lord, we do, um, we do do it in faith, though. And we do do it in obedience. And we do do it with a willing heart to be transformed. Wow. I just, wow. I think, um, I just, this word of knowledge that Christopher had about um, hearts broken by disappointment. 
And uh, we can set up a wall to protect ourselves from being hurt again. And all we do is we limit our potential. We just put a cap on how we can live with never being disappointed <clears throat> and, uh, in what we have defined as safe enough. And uh, I just, um, Jesus is challenging us to dream again. As we're finishing this message series, I just, I just hear the Lord saying, dream again. Don't be scared to dream. Don't drop the dream. Don't be scared for new dreams. And so, wow, 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 wow. And so, Lord, uh, we, we receive this new wine, the wine that often kind of liberates people's anxiety and causes them to dream in ways they wouldn't normally. Uh, it's no coincidence you had them drinking the wine and remembering how you changed. So, Lord, we pray that permanent, unalterable change that you bring from heaven that awakens our spirit, man, as this new blood comes and creates new wine in us. We pray that you would move in our veins and you would flow through our bodies. And you would bring your kingdom right here into our mortal bodies. You would deliver sickness and deliverance and pessimism, Lord. Maybe the most fatal of diseases that we're suffering from today, this pessimism. And Lord, I pray that we would uh, believe the reality of what's possible <laughs> before we believe the reality of what failure may look like. And I just, we just, we give this to you in Jesus' name. Receive the cup of the new covenant. Ha. Amen. 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 Bless somebody near you as you grab your seat. <clears throat> it's vital, vital in this day and age of uh, separation that we gather with believers to bless one another. Is Jenna here today? Happy birthday. Gina's birthday. I believe it's Lydia's birthday as well. Is it today? I said Gina. I said Jenna. I said Gina. And then I said Lydia. It's Valentino's birthday? Happy birthday, Valentino, if you're watching. If you're not watching, shame on you. I mean, unless you're going to be here next service, and then that's okay. Hallelujah. Um, I'm not going to talk long today um, is the biggest lie I've said repeatedly. Uh, through my ministry career, um, but we're finishing up our message uh, series today, Dream Again, and um, I have uh, more a message than a teaching today. Uh, I have something stuck in my heart. I got a couple stories uh, from Scripture to tell you, and my goal, my unashamed goal, I'm going to tell you at the very beginning, uh, I want you to embrace uh, today, I want you to feel empowered to embrace your authentic voice. That, that, is, that, is, that is the goal that I have today. Uh, and so I'm going to try to track with Holy Spirit. I have a message. I'm not up here trying to make stuff up and call it the Holy Spirit. Uh, but I'm going to try to track with Holy Spirit uh, this service right here, right now, for you, the people who are here and tuning online. And uh, I hope to shake you a little bit. I hope to shake you, shake the dust off your faith, uh, shake the dust off your heart. Uh, and make you uh, just wonder what could be today, right? What, what could be? What, what, what could, could happen? Uh, <clears throat> there, there's, a, there's a fight in this world. There's a fight in this world about who you really are. There's a battle about what your true identity is. 
And, uh, and, and, and if you're in church long enough, it's like, oh, that's an easy answer. And then we give an answer that doesn't really mean anything. Uh, you know, I'm the image of God. I have the mind of God. And uh, my wife just preached on this Friday night, which was, I thought, such a good message. Uh, and I just, if you were here at the burning room, if you weren't, you watched the burning room. There were three great uh, ministers ministering that night. Um, uh, uh, Duke and uh, um, uh, Hoffa and my wife, Pastor Tracy, all ministered. They were just three great times of ministry. Uh, really good words that came forth. Uh, but uh, as my wife was um, writing her message, her real challenge was, I don't, I don't want to just give the Christian answer. The Christian answer doesn't help people. Right? We need to minister to people in real words. And in our life, sometimes we just memorize Christian answers as if they mean something, uh, and they don't actually land on transformation. We keep repeating words to ourselves that aren't actually transforming because they're not connected to anything. And, um, you know, who is your real identity? And this is, this is something the church has to figure out before we can help the world deal with things like uh, sexual identity or racial identity or financial identity. The church doesn't even know who they are. Uh, they don't, they're not sure if they want to conquer the world or serve the world, right? Like they, they haven't even got the most basic of commandments of Jesus figured out, yet the church is trying to tell the world who they are, right? And so we, as the believer, we got to figure out in a way that's concrete who we are, who we really are. I mean, are you what you see in the mirror, uh, in the morning or in the afternoon, whatever looks better for you. Are you what you do? Are you how you behave on your worst day? When you feel the most awkward, when you feel the most insecure, is that who you are? Because that's generally who you meditate on at night. Is that who you are? Are you what's in your bank account? Or what your retirement looks like at this point? Are you what your educational status is? Are you what you do for a living? Who are you? And what, how does that affect how you're living right now? How does that affect all those other questions? Does it? Or have we effectively lived a dual life where I am someone in church and then I am someone else outside of church? Do I believe the church answer like, uh, like I'm some sort of a member of the Kiwanis Club or, or the Masons and I have a rank there but outside nobody recognizes that I'm somebody there? Do I, do I, do I get my identity from uh, you know, my, my, my handicap in golf yet nobody outside of golf recognizes that? Do I, do, I, do I get my identity from how many followers I have on YouTube? I'm somebody there, but outside of YouTube, I'm, do we have an identity that actually touches every other part of our life? Or have we, as Christians, uh, done this life thing no better than anybody else who doesn't know Jesus? Who am I? Now, we know as believers, your real identity is found right here at the beginning of the book. And what we're going to try to do today is try to get it out of the book. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 1, right here at the beginning. We talk about it regularly, but I'm going to try to hit it in a way that makes you think a little bit today. Amen? Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Oh, I'm going to keep saying it. Amen? Amen. Amen. What we're going to do... Next week, um, we're, we're going to have uh, what we're going to call a healing and deliverance service. 
<clears throat> next week. Um, <clears throat> I just decided it in worship this week, um, and I felt the Lord say it, and I want to say it out loud now before I change my mind during the week. Uh, and so what we're going to do is, uh, if you're online, try to make it if you're able to, um, if you're not socially distancing, and we are going to, uh, we're, we're going to worship until something happens. Uh, we're going to pray for everyone who, amen, who wants, one class, we all clap, come on. Let's not, let's not single people out in this church. <clears throat> you got too much joy. I, I don't know if I can agree with that. I'm going to sit here on my hands. No, no, no. We're going we're to rejoice with those who rejoice. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Uh, and we're going we're to see God do something next week. Um, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. I want to point something out here. It says, then God, you know, God had made everything, right? He'd made all the stuff. Uh, and then he said to himself, uh, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, over the earth, and every other creeping thing that creeps on the earth. If you don't, if you don't recognize it, there's three things there uh, that God did. Uh, and if you don't get your mind right, if you don't get your heart right, you're going to confuse what you're called to do for who you are. I'm going to say that one more time. You will confuse that what God has called you to do is who you are. And, and that is not what God has sent us to the earth to do. What we see in this scripture is that every human being, no matter how far from God or who uh, is, is, is the head of a denomination, every single person was created in God's image. Can you say amen? The person you hate was created in God's image. The person who is voting in a stupid way, according to your mind frame, was created in God's image. Uh, the person uh, who does not know Christ, but is doing good things, was created in God's image. Those people who do know Christ and are doing bad things uh, were created in God's image. Every human was created in God's image. Our goal is to be transformed into his likeness. There is a difference between image and in likeness. You can go on uh, AliExpress and you can get a whole lot of expensive looking things that are not like the expensive thing. Amen. Anybody know what I'm saying here? You go get fake purses for a fraction of the price and you'll say, this is made in the image of that, but it ain't like it, right? The leather's cheap, the stitching's wrong, it won't last. In other words, it's a lie. You could buy a fake watch that the real watch is $18,000 and the one that's made in its image looks like it, but doesn't function like it, uh, won't last like it, won't endure like it, isn't as an accurate as it. It's not in its likeness. We, all humans, were made in God's image, uh, but not all have taken part in being transformed to his likeness. They don't have the same nature as God though they were created in his image. Wanted to make man in his image after his likeness to go do something. And so many of us think if I do what I think I'm called to do, then I will be like God. And that's really bad unpacking of Scripture. Just because it looks like God, don't make it like God. Amen? Just because you use the same words as God does not mean what you're doing is in his nature or reflecting 
who he is. And we went over the Ten Commandments a couple weeks ago. And in that teaching, we kind of talked about what the purpose of the commandments were for in this New Testament context. And let me kind of break this out a little bit more. Uh, the first commandment, of course, we're to have no other gods, right? The second commandment is that we're to have no idols, right? Uh, and, and what is an idol? When you break out what an idol is, uh, an idol is something that is formed in something else's image. That is not the sin. It is not sin uh, to try to carve out, uh, 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 say you had somebody that God had placed on your heart, and you felt like possibly they could be the one that you spend the rest of your life with, and uh, maybe you had a picture of them uh, that you would look at now and then because they, you know, you hope they're the one, and you look at the picture, and maybe you're stalking them on Insta, right? Maybe you're, maybe... <laughs> You're a little, you laugh a little too hard at their jokes online. You know what I'm saying, right? Like, and, and there's nothing weird about that. What's weird is when you think you have a relationship with them by being on their Insta or looking at their picture, right? If you were to set up a picture of them on your tablet across the table from you while you're having dinner together, that would be weird. Amen. Yeah. That would be weird. God said, listen, just because you make something that looks like me, you cannot worship it as if it is me. That is when an idol becomes sin. It's not sin to have a picture of Jesus on the cross. It's a problem when you think that that picture is Jesus on the cross. And when if you do something to that picture, God is now therefore bound to do something for you. That's when we start getting into idolatry. If you get a dollar bill and you think that you start treating that dollar bill some way, that that dollar bill is going to do something for you, all of a sudden we've gotten into idolatry. And if you to carve an idol... Like they do in so many uh, Polynesian religions or Central American religions, they would make these idols and, uh, and then they would worship them. It's that act of worshiping the thing that was made in his image that becomes the sin. And God literally said in the second commandment, listen, don't make any idols of me and then go to worship them. Because what happens is we don't make images of the true God, we make images of the God who we wish he was. And when we do that, we begin worshiping in a way that he will behave in who we wish he really was. And if we don't recognize that I was created in the image of God, when I start wanting to transform my physical body into what I'm really idolizing, I start eliminating and devaluing who I really am and what God really wants to do through me. And I have slipped from God worship to idolatry of an image. There's a pandemic amongst our young people today who are desperately looking to be like an idol. Be like their idol and then become an idol for others. They call it influencer. We call it idolatry. I want to worship someone who is not God and be like them. And men know this. Uh, men, men, uh, men and women experience this different ways, this idolatry of Things other than God's image. <clears throat> let, let me ask you this way. If someone uh, comes up to you and they ask you, what do you do? What do you do? That's you, Sawana. What do you do? How do you answer that question? How do you answer the question, what do you do? Well, for me, hey, I'm Carl. What do you do? Well, I worship God. I love my wife. Uh, I, uh, I try to be nice to my kids, try to be a good neighbor. Um, 
That, 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 that's what I do. Oh, what do I, how do I earn a living? Oh, how do I earn money to pay my bills? That's different than what do I do? You understand what I'm saying? That, that, that is not part of my identity, what I do to pay my bills. That, that, that's, that's separate from who I am. What I do is, yeah, amen. I, what I do is I follow Jesus. This is what I do. I pay my bills by trying to help people live their fullest life in Jesus Christ. That's, that's, I'm blessed that that's what I do to earn money. That is far from what I do. So how do you answer the question, what is it you do? What you, how you spend your life earning money, hopefully is the least interesting part about you. That is the least interesting part of you. That is the least uh, 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 full question about, that indicates um, your nature, your character, what you bring to the table as a human, how you can better this planet. How I spend my days gathering money to feed my family, that's a very unimportant part of your life. All of that is for something else. When that becomes about who you are, now we've slipped into idolatry and we've lost our authentic voice. You, you, you see this, amen? <clears throat> and so if you are blessed that you have a career that you absolutely love, uh, and, 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 and you identify with that, and it's, you, you just feel like you happen to have a career um, that lines up with your passions, wow, God bless you. That is, that, is, that is wonderful, but yet and still, that's not who you are. And so many of us uh, get identity from things that are not who we're called to be, and then we wonder why we sit and we have anxiety at night. We, we wonder why we don't actually experience the joy that God promised us. We, we, we find out that we're not taking any less uh, uh, health, uh, mental health medications than the world. We find out that uh, we, our marriages aren't lasting any longer than the world's marriages, and we wonder why when we're still trying to live and worship the same things the world is. And we we got to give something up to get everything God has for us. We're going to have to give up some uh, American dreams to, to pick up some kingdom dreams. We're going to have to pick up, uh, drop some American idols to get the real God idol, Jesus Christ, who came and died for us. We're going to have to give up some carnal images that we made for our life to get some Holy Ghost images that God dreamed for our life. Amen. Let, let me say it. Yeah, let me just say it a little bit more blunt. The sooner you stop living a lie, the better. The sooner you stop living a lie, the better. <clears throat> I had a conversation with someone who um, well, was able to step out and really minister in a way. They, 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 um, they're like, man, I just, you know, this is terrifying, but I just, I just, you know, I was like, well, you do it really well. Maybe the scared part of you, the, the shy part of you, the I'm terrified, I'll mess up part of you is the lie. Maybe the real you uh, is really called to help people more than, you know, two and three at a time. Maybe the real you uh, is supposed to help a room encounter God. And that's why there's so much fear and anxiety attached to it that the enemy wants to keep you off of that thing. This whole time about I don't like to be in front of people. Maybe that's the lie you've been living all along. And the sooner you stop living a lie, the better. 
And this all is based on the fact that God created you in His image and He has challenged us to be transformed into His likeness by the power of Holy Spirit. We have to, as Christians, wrestle with the fact that Jesus did not call us to go to Him. He came here in the flesh. He put on flesh, the very thing that so many of us are trying to get rid of. Our human nature, our human identity. What makes us unique on this planet? Jesus made you the way He did for a reason, and it's our goal to seek Jesus till we figure that real thing out and begin to live authentically. Uh, we may have built something and we're scared to lose it. I've talked to people who are in toxic relationships, and they're like, well, I have put so much into this relationship already. You know, this sunk cost fallacy. You know, I've spent so much on this, now it's valuable. And it's like, well, you can throw money in a mud pit. It won't make the mud pit any more valuable. It will continue to take your money as long as you throw it into it. At some point, we just say, this is not really who I am. I'm living a lie. I'm in a toxic relationship, and it's time to move on and get healthy. Are you, I'm not speaking about anybody's marriage. I'm not talking about getting rid of your kids. Uh, but some of you have toxic careers that you're so invested in, and you're like, I just, I've sunk, well, you're only going to sink more into it. Okay. That at some point we have to decide, I'm going to, man, I, I, hope, I hope I'm articulating this okay. Let, let me tell you a story. Let me, let me tell you with a story of a woman named Isabella Bomfrey. Don't know if you've heard of her. Isabella Bomfrey was born in 1797. Not the best time in America to be born as a black woman. Right? Not a good time to be born as a black woman. Uh, she was born in New York. Um, her whole family were slaves. I think she had 10 or 12 uh, brothers and sisters who were also slaves. There's, she wasn't exactly sure, which illustrates how terrible the time was. Um, and she, was lived, she lived in a, a horrible life. Um, she had a, when she was young, she had a master who would torture her every day. Um, and she was uh, uh, at about eight or nine. Her, her owner died and his son sold her away from her family um, uh, into slavery uh, somewhere. And then a couple years later, they sold her again to a man, trigger warning, uh, uh, to, uh, who owned a shop, and um, when she was in her early teens, uh, he used her as a sex slave um, and to work in his business. Um, her master or owner's wife hated it, and so she would beat her every day uh, because effectively she was the concubine. Uh, and, um, <clears throat> and so she lived her life up through her early years a slave, and, and uh, then through her middle age years, she um, fell in love with a man and a fellow plantation, and uh, the plantation owner um, beat that man to death um, for uh, getting married secretly with uh, Mrs. Uh, Bomfrey. And, uh, and so he died, and she wound up uh, falling in love again with her slave owners, uh, another a fellow worker. And um, they got married and, and had kids. And uh, in 1826, <clears throat> she, um, she escaped. Right? And here's a woman of some sass, if I can say it that way. She, uh, New York was going to outlaw slavery, uh, but she wasn't going to wait for that. She was like, I'm done, right? And so this is a, a really great quote of her. If you can put my next slide, please. She said, I did not run off, for I thought that would be wicked, but I walked off, believing that would be all right. So she just walked off. <laughs> she said, I'm not running anywhere. It's wrong to run away, so I'm just going to walk away. And so she walked away. She uh, wound up at a family's house. Um, that uh, took her in, 
uh, and they uh, and they they took care of her and uh, they started teaching her uh, about faith. And she went to uh, a meeting in. Um, in 1843, and she had a powerful encounter with God in 1843, and she was radically, radically converted. And the Lord began talking to her, and uh, He began telling her, "Hey, you, you, um, this, this, this life that you think you're stuck here, you're just going to be on this planet temporarily, right? Like this is in in light of eternity. This is this is not forever. However, I have called you to preach the gospel of Jesus." Christ, and he put this hope on the inside of her. Here's a woman who's illiterate, uh, had had her first husband murdered. Uh, she was now well into past middle age. She was born in 1797. We're talking 1843. So we're talking she's 50 years old about, and, uh, and the Lord began talking to her and said, hey, this is not who you are. You're passing through. I've called you to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I put this hope that's in you, and he said, I've told you to testify of the hope that is in you. And that Pentecost Sunday, uh, she got touched again by the Holy Ghost and she changed her name, if you would, to Sojourner Truth. Sojourner means I'm passing through here. That's what a sojourner is. She made her last name Truth, which says, because I'm called to declare the gospel, the truth of Jesus Christ. She changed her name to Sojourner Truth and in her 60s started trying to get women equal rights. She devoted her life to the cause of equal rights for women uh, and, and campaigned against slavery. She organized uh, things for Grant's election, uh, and after she uh, got people registered, got people uh, in the Civil War, uh, uh, African Americans to sign up for the Union Army, uh, or the American Army, um, then she went to go vote for Grant, and they wouldn't let her. She knew they wouldn't let her. She went anyways. Right? This, is who, this is who this woman, Sojourner Truth, was, and she devoted her life to telling people, starting at the age of 60, to telling people about the hope that is on the inside of her and that you can achieve more. Amen. And you've probably heard that name and didn't know that story. And that's because <laughs> you know that name because she made a choice that the identity I have taken on is not the real me and I'm no longer going to be living a lie. Amen. It's never too late to be transformed into God's likeness. Here's what she said about women's rights. I love this. If women want any more rights than they got, why don't they just take them instead of talking about them? And so some of us are talking about what we're called to, talking about what God has called us to be, talking about what our real identity. Maybe it's possible it's time to realize where I was, I was just a sojourner through that land. I'm now into the new land, and I am going to begin taking what God said is mine instead of waiting for somebody else to give it to me. I'm not waiting for opportunities to open up. I'm marching through doors that God has already opened for me. We, we have to recognize the greatest limiting factor in our life is ourselves. The greatest limiting factor, the only person who knows what God has really spoken to us is us. And yet we're waiting for somebody else to confirm it. Come on, somebody. I, I want to tell you, you need to embrace your authentic voice. Uh, no matter how well-meaning somebody is in your life, don't let them try to pray away who you really are. Oh, you're so, oh, they're, they're kind of shy. We just pray that you wouldn't be shy. No, no, no. God created me to sit in the backgrounds and change things not on the public stage. Or may, maybe, maybe you're a woman who has a, a voice and people want to pray for you to calm down a little bit. Don't let them pray away who God created you to be. 
If you're a man and you like to be shy, you be shy. If you're a man, you feel like you're supposed to be on stage, you get on stage. Don't let anybody else's image for you transform the God image he created you to bear. Amen. Come on. Come on. Come on. This is one of my favorite sayings these days. Put it up if you would, please. What anxiety and hope actually have in common is a sense of what's possible. In anxiety, we anticipate possible danger. In hope, we anticipate possible deliverance. Which have you put your faith in recently? Are you putting your faith in the danger or the deliverance? Because it's just as easy to choose either one. You can just say, no, I was created for a purpose. God has put this on the inside of me. I'm not going to embrace the danger. I am embracing the deliverance that's coming through my life for the people of God around me. Come on, somebody. Come on. If you're going to go ahead and hope, let's hope for good. Amen. Let's just use a little bit of effort and direct it towards our God image. Don't, don't, let, don't, let, don't let a comfortable box define your life because that's what a coffin is. A coffin is a comfortable box you're going to spend eternity in. Don't, don't live in a coffin and then die in a coffin. Come on, somebody. Let's, li- let's live life while we can live life. We need to live for the likeness of God. I'm going a little long here. Just give me a couple more minutes. Listen, we, we, we um, hallelujah, hallelujah. We, 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 we aren't called to go up. We're called to bring his image out right here, right? We're called to emulate Jesus in glorifying God in our flesh. We don't have to wait to leave here to be the real us. God is most glorified when you show his likeness in the flesh. You're not converting any flesh on the other side. But you can transform flesh right here into the image of God, into his likeness right here on earth by choosing what voice you listen to. Why why did Jesus put on flesh? He didn't come as an angel. He didn't come as a spirit. He he, he came. (laughs) Okay, let me say this. Let me say this. Come on. I I see. uh, I need to write about this, but I see a prophetic uh, wave coming through America. I don't know the whole world, but I know I know America and um, the real prophetic voices in the scriptures are able to look back and see what God has been doing to see where we're going, right? A lot of, a lot of prophetic voices these days don't recognize what, what has happened and therefore have fiction going forward. But if you start looking at the trends on the planet, let me tell you, let me tell you what I see God doing just in a, in, in a, in a, in a snippet. Uh, have you noticed a couple years ago the natural hair thing started kind of taking off among white women, right? Um, there's, it's, it's come and gone against women of color, uh, but specifically white women have begun to embrace their natural hair. Have, have you seen that? This, this, this is a move of the spirit uh, to begin to get us to embrace who we were created to be. And, and, and if you're um, a woman of color, it, it's just it's so far from my, my role, anointing, ability of understanding or anything to tell anybody of color how to do anything <clears throat> in your natural life, right? Like I <clears throat> hit my hair with a blow dryer, I'm good to go, right? Like I'm like, and I can just cut it and I'm good to go. Um, but <clears throat> I don't care what you do with your hair. If you're a, a woman of color, I don't care if you, I don't care if you, you, you straighten it, leave it natural, if you relax it, if you weave it, if you perm it, if you wig it. I don't care, right? Like it's best, that's, that's between you and God. What I do want, what I do have a voice in though is if you don't believe the way God created your hair to come out of your head naturally. If you don't believe that's beautiful, there's a problem. There is, there is a problem. 
and, and, and we, got, we got black women who want hair like white women and white women who want lips like black women and they're doing all kind of unnatural things to say that how I was created is not good enough. I need to look like the other one instead of embracing. No, I want to be transformed into his likeness, how he created me right here. I want you to love who God created you to be. We got fours want to be eights, and eights want to be sevens and threes. And I mean, like, like, no, 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 this is who I am. I'm going to love it. How this translates to me making money is irrelevant. How this translates to how popular I am is irrelevant. This is who God created me to be, and I'm going to embrace it. Good God. Good God. You need to love this person. Man, if, you're, if, if, if you've, uh, you know, born children, like, oh, look at the stretch marks. No, no, those, those are stripes of honor that we give in battle. Like, and you're in the military, the more stripes you got is the more honor. And women are, are, are bearing the stripes of bringing our species forward. And the world wants to say there's something ugly about that. Oh, you've been transformed through childbirth. Bless the lamb. That's, I'm, 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 I'm fulfilling my, my creative purpose in my life. Come on, we're just, I mean, and this is where we're, this is where we're, we're going. Like, like, you need to look cute, work with what you got. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, you can run a comb through it now and then and, you know, do something, you know, help us out, you know, fellas, wash, bathe, do what you need to do. Um, but, but what you do for a living uh, is, 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 is not who you are. Some, some men are naturally created to start businesses and make money. It's just, it's like, it's just easy. That just, if that's not who you are, that's not who you are. That skill set does not define your identity. Uh, your friend may, able be, may be able to, uh, you know, um, keep his uh, wife from having to work and they travel the world and they have the nice cars or whatever. And, and you're like, man, my wife and I are both working and this is, you know, we got to just do this to get by. And there's, you know, men, like how women have this uh, 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 hang up on, on how they're looking, uh, even, mostly for other women. Um, men have this hang-up on how they're able to provide, mostly for other men, yeah. right? And so there is a, the, the, the men know the weight of not making as much money as other men, and women don't understand the shame that men will bear if they're unable to bring home a check uh, that covers everything, and then some, right? Yeah. There, there, is a, there is a great weight, um, and I think men don't understand the weight of women having to, like, I, I, men, we only need a couple pair of pants, right? And then we're just going to put on some shirts and some shoes and then we're done, right? Like, that's it. That's the wardrobe, right? Like, that's it. Um, and uh, women, y'all know, they ain't like that. Like, y'all are constantly buying stuff and I don't even know how you would pick out an outfit. I don't even know where you'd start. I don't know where you start. Like, they got things that, I'm like, is that a shirt? Is that a, no, it's a blouse. What's the difference for a blouse and a shirt? Come on, it's different. I don't know that. I don't know what that means. And God forbid if you're, as a youth, you're not allowed to wear Makeup, and then you got to start at like 17, and you go out looking like a clown because you don't know how to put on the makeup, right? Like, so it looks like you spray painted it on. Like, this, it's, there's, it's, fellas, we don't got to worry about that. If you just wash, you don't even got to get your hair looking right, right? Like, ladies, don't you, have you noticed? Like, dudes don't even have to be skinny. We can just, middle-aged guy just got big pot belly on TV, and the lady next to him's got to look like a model, right? Like, it's, it's a different deal for dudes. Uh, but, but that paycheck. That paycheck, like, y'all can at least got a YouTube channel about doing the makeup right. <laughs> Fellas, you just stuck like Chuck. Like, that's it. That's your career. That's it. That's it. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Am I, am I talking to anybody right now? 
Okay, I'm going I'm to end here in the next three minutes. I'm so sorry I, I've gone long. I'm going to tell you the story. Just put up the picture there, if you would, Suana, about Mary Magdalene. And you know um, the story of Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, uh, some people try to say she was a prostitute. The Bible does not say that. Um, the Bible does not say that she was the woman uh, with the alabaster jar. That actually came from the Pope in 600 AD. It's not actually in the Bible. Um, but we do know that Jesus cast a gang of demons out of her, right? Like she was demonized. Uh, Jesus cast the devil out of her. She became a disciple of Jesus. Um, and I don't know uh, what a demonized woman uh, in the days of Jesus, what kind of clout she would carry. I would imagine not much. Amen? Pro- probably not much. Um, but um, when, when Jesus was buried, they went up. To, Mike, can you come on up and just, just hit the keys a little bit for me? Uh, when they went up uh, to see, the, to check on the tomb of Jesus, and uh, she went up there, um, she, saw, she saw the Lord. But she didn't know it was the Lord. She thought it was the gardener, right? And, and it says uh, in verse 14 of John chapter 20, it says when uh, she said, you know, hey, does anybody know what, what happened? The angels were talking to her, you know, she's like, what happened to the body? And in uh, verse 14, when she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? This is super important. He said to her, woman, say woman. Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Do me a favor. If you could unmute the keys, that would be, there we go. Uh, who are you seeking? Now, this is, this is image. Woman, image. She's supposing him to be the gardener. She said to him, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary. Now we got likeness. Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabbi, it was in recognizing who God created her to be that she recognized God. Jesus said, hey, man, you got to stop staying here. But now I want you to go be an apostle to the apostles. This woman who was demonized was to go preach the story of the resurrection to the apostles. The very first who saw the risen Lord, which the Bible tells us is a requirement to be an apostle. Very first one to see the resurrection of Jesus and was sent by him. That's, that's the definition of an apostle. One who, even the apostle said, this is what you've got to do. You've got to be with us from the beginning. You've got to see the resurrected Lord. You've got to be sent out by him. Here's this demonized woman, recognized who she's called to be. Went and preached the gospel to the apostles. What, what, what words have you allowed to come into your life to define who you really are? that don't line up with Jesus and what he said to you? What, what pulls, what cares of this world have come in? What, what other voices that cause you to have more hope in the doubt than the hope? What voices have come in and spoken into your life? Uh, I was, um, yesterday was first Saturday serve, and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do, and uh, I felt like the Lord said, I got it set up, and um, I'm like, I don't know what that means. And so I was looking for people I was supposed to serve, and like one thing didn't work out, another thing didn't work out. I'm driving along, and I had to pick up my daughter, uh, did the ACT uh, yesterday, and um, taking her to get some Christian chicken, you know, uh, on the way home, went to get some Chick-fil-A, and Chick-fil-A's got this huge long line, and probably everybody there is listening to, you know, Way FM and whatever, and um, 
And there's a dude whose car, he's, he's got like this big old Lincoln, and, um, and uh, apparently it was dead because he's trying to push it by himself. And I'm watching this double line of, 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 of Christians wanting to get their chicken, and nobody's helping this dude push a car. And I'm like, if that ain't the church, right? Uh, and so I, I pull over, and uh, of course it starts raining. I'm like, oh, thank you, God. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted right now. Uh, and so I helped this dude push the car. Now, guys, you know anything about cars or, or ladies, for that matter? You know, when you say turn right, you should be turning the wheel to the right. And so we had to, like, push the car down a lane and then back it into a spot. And if it would have gone easily, we could have just done this. But I would say turn left, and he's turning right. And so that means we're going to have to go back and forth again. I'm pushing the car back and forth to do this uh, by myself. I got on slides because I'm from South Florida, right? And it's raining, and I'm trying to push a car in slides with these long lines of Christians. And so some dude decides he's going to help, so he rolls down his window and starts telling us how we need to do it. He's like, he's like, oh, you know, just need some basic car care knowledge there. You know, it would help. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the dude thought he needed a jump, and I'm out there. He's like, hey, do you, do you know what you're doing? I'm like, bruh. I know what I'm doing. You know what you're doing. You're sitting in a car watching me do something. That, that, that's, what, that's what's happening right now. You may not know what you're doing. I know what I'm doing. I'm actually being a Christian, right? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I know you didn't go to Arby's and you went to Chick-fil-A. That feels Christian in America, but that's not actually being a Christian. It's, and so we have people in the world today who are helping out, and then we have people who are just rolling down the window giving criticism of people who are actually helping out, right? Like, these are, these are the people that we have in the church today. And so, like, if you don't, if, 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 you're, a, if you're not a follower of Jesus right now, and, and you, you know, God is like, hey, listen, I don't know what has been spoken to you your whole life. I don't know what words have been spoken over you, but I, I feel like if, they're, if they've led to guilt and condemnation, they weren't, they weren't God. And, and I want to challenge you today, if that's um, where you find yourself today, uh, wondering who, who am I really? I want, I want to invite you onto the journey to following Jesus so you can get the real words of life into your heart. Amen. 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 I also, if um, you're on this journey and it hasn't really, if you're new in Jesus and you're like, I've been wondering what my purpose is. Let me tell you what your purpose is. Your purpose is when you see somebody pushing their car by themselves, you get out and you help them. We, you know, and... Um, Let me, tell, let me tell you meme culture here for a second. I saw, I, I shared this on my Insta story. They said if there, was a, if there was a bunch of monkeys and one monkey took all the bananas and sat on them and didn't let anybody eat a, eat a banana while other monkeys were starving, we would study that one monkey to see what's wrong with him. In America, we'd put him on the cover of Forbes. We would celebrate that if that was a person. And Jesus said, hey, you got a bunch of extra bananas. How about you find somebody with no bananas and give them one? And this is who we're called to be, Christians. It's not just let's study the Bible. It's like let's, let's get it out of the Bible. We've got plenty in the Bible. We, we, like, oh, we need to be in the Word more. No, actually, we need the Word in the world more. That's what we actually need. I don't need to be in the Word more. I need the Word to be in the world more. And the only way it's going to happen is through me living my life as a Christian in the world. Can you say amen? This is who we are. Stand with me if you would, please. Hallelujah. If you've been walking this thing out for a while, imagine, imagine if the, just the number of people in this room, the number of people in this room just stop saying, 
Um, stop lifting up the Bible. Stop opening the Bible and saying, uh, what's in it for me? What's in this for me? And we start saying, man, I've already heard about me. What's in this thing that I can give away? What if we lived in a way? What, what if we just decided as a community, as a faith community, I, I'm going to be the one uh, who welcomes the woman into my home who looks like a runaway slave but has really sojourned her truth in hiding? What, 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 if, what if that's who we seek to be? What if, what if we seek to be, um, what if we say, you know what? Uh, I, I, I don't need to have like, you know, an extra 15 minutes of sleep because of anxiety. I'm going to stop worrying about what I said today. And I'm going to spend my end of day thinking, who could I have helped today and try to put that in practice tomorrow? What, what extra bananas do I have that the world is starving for? And live a life giving away those bananas. Is anybody, is this landing? Is this making sense to anybody in here? I, I want to be in a community of people that live and look at the world that way. I, I, I'm not figuring out how, how can we get more people in this room. I'm like, how can we get more of what's in this room out there? If that's you today, any of those three, I just want to pray for you. I want to pray like, man, may, maybe you haven't followed Jesus. And you're just putting your faith in him. And I'm saying, hey, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a journey I want to invite you on. Oh, gosh, I've gone long. I'm sorry. I want to invite you into this journey. And uh, maybe you're new to Jesus and you like, man, I don't know what to do next. <laughs> I would say to you, just begin doing the stuff. Just start showing love. Read the Bible. When you see something you can do, go do it. You see Jesus, be nice to someone. Close the book. Go be nice to someone. Maybe you're like me and you've walked this thing out a while and it's just time to pour out the bucket a little bit. Time to get this bucket of blessings that you've been walking around and instead of saying, Lord, I think there's room for a couple more drops, saying, I'm going to pour out some of what's in this bucket because I know God will refill it. Father, we love you this morning. Wow. Wow. We dedicate ourselves afresh to you. In your own heart, we just say, Jesus, we, uh, we say today that you are my God. And I've been made in your image, and it's time to start living in your likeness. I want to start applying your life to my life and to the life around me. And I, wow, 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 wow. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would pour out your spirit upon me and through me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.